Good morning, Horizon Church. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors here, and I just want to start this morning by saying thank you. Thank you to the people who over the past four or five weeks have have preached God's good news from this space to all of you. Um, It has allowed me, Amy did amazing, Abby's preached an amazing sermon, Chris has been speaking and, and teaching and doing amazing things. And for the past month, I've had the opportunity to take a little break. Um, I've still been involved in, in church stuff, but it's really given me a chance to focus on some new stuff. And I am back, y'all, and I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> and I feel so refreshed and so um, so just ready to, to do what it is God called me to do. And so I, I just want to start. It says nothing to do with the message. This is just a free, like, two cents you can take with you. But sometimes in our culture, what you hear is put your nose down and keep going harder. Keep going. And I'm going to tell you that I stopped that and I rested in the arms of Jesus for the past month. And the new life and the energy and the love and the grace that I experienced has changed me. And every single person in these seats, every single one of you is worthy of that kind of rest, that kind of grace, and that kind of love. So don't miss out on it. Okay? If God's asking you to rest, to stop something and spend time with him, do it. Because it's, it, it will pay dividends in your life every single time. Will y'all pray with me this morning as we start the message? God, I thank you so very much for your love and goodness and grace. Thank you for that good grace that rescues us. I pray right now, God, that every word that I say, that everything that is spoken from here will bring glory to you, will bring us, draw us closer to you, God, and that most of all, we will leave this place ready to shine your light and ignite your change in a world desperate for it. Amen. Amen. Alright, so we're in a series called Unity, Yes, in My Backyard. Um, there, I don't know if anybody here is on next door. That is the work of not new stuff. Don't go, don't get on there. <laughs> uh, but there's always some newbie, right? Not in my backyard, right? Not in my backyard. Are we gonna are we gonna do that? But as the church at Horizon, we're like, yes. In my backyard, there are some things we are going to say yes to. So I thought that you might be interested in what's actually in my backyard. Anybody here want to know some things that are in my backyard? Um, three children. Does anybody know what this is? Bubbles. Uh, anybody else in here have bubbles in your backyard? Uh, besides bubbles, I have kids' toys all in my backyard. Like it, my backyard looks like my living room. They're just toys. Uh, spread out and you know we have this backyard with this fenced in like grass area and there are so many toys there's the like power wheel gator things uh t-ball and bat which is dangerous at times um there, there are lots of kids toys in our backyard we let the kids have the toys back there in the backyard why because I don't want my front yard strode with all that stuff, right? So there are things we put in our backyard that we don't want everybody else to see. But one of the things is the kids' toys. The second thing, does anybody know what this is? Chuck it, yes. We have, we have a chocolate lab, and the only thing that she loves more than me is playing fetch. The girl, our dog can play fetch for hours hours <laughs> and so we and she gets the ball really gross <laughs> so we got this thing so we don't have to touch the ball anybody here play with their dog in the backyard we can't put her in the front yard because she might run in the street or go to another neighbor's house so we can kind of keep her contained and away from things that are dangerous in our backyard anybody else have these have a dog or things in your backyard 
Um, the next thing that I have in my backyard, we have four raised beds. And so this is a tomato that I actually picked from my garden. Uh, yes, it's very exciting. Thank you very much. I uh, worked really hard. This is like the one tomato we got. <laughs> I'm not great at gardening uh, yet, but we're getting there. Uh, but we do have, we have peppers. I'm kidding. We, we get plenty of stuff from back there. We have peppers and eggplants and uh, corn right now and green beans. But we have four raised beds and we grow some of our own food back there. And then this might, does anybody know what this is? An egg. We also have five chickens. So last weekend I went away to, oh it's cracked. Whoops. Um, that's what happens to eggs when you transport them around. Uh, but we have five chickens. I went to a marathon last weekend. My kids aren't in here, are there? We had, I left and there were six chickens. I came back from vacation. There were only five chickens. I, I don't know what happened and I didn't ask. <laughs> but we go outside and we get the eggs and we bring them inside. And I say all of this because there was this moment a couple years ago where this guy is spraying, comes to our backyard, and he's spraying our backyard with this chemical in a hazmat Anybody have these companies that come to them? It makes sure that our yard stays green and we don't have those annoying weeds in our backyard, right? But I started to recognize that we let the chickens out of their coop and they're like, right after this hazmat guy has left our house, they're like pecking around in this. And I'm like, that guy doesn't even want this chemical to touch him. And these, my chickens are like eating this and then we're eating their eggs. Maybe this isn't a good idea. And then I realized like sometimes it actually gets on the garden. And, and so sometimes our food is like coming into contact with this, this chemical that this guy won't even touch. Like, why are we doing this? And so I talked to Chris, and I was like, I think we need to cancel the service. And he's like, ha, 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 you don't need to worry about it. But then a month later, we got a bill from them because they just come, you know, on a regular cycle. And we got a, a bill from them that said they came. But we also have a security camera in our backyard, not because we're worried about anybody getting it, but because when I'm doing other things, I'm going to be able to see my chickens in my garden and make sure everything's Okay, and Chris like looks at the security camera and he's like, the guy never came. And so in my backyard, I'm like, I don't want that chemical that I don't know what it's doing to my people. But Chris is like, I don't want dishonesty and, not, and this guy who has no integrity and doesn't show up to do the job. That's not happening in my backyard. So we, uh, we canceled the service with the chemical guy. I don't even know what it is he sprays. But we canceled that service because we said we don't want that in our backyard. And I was thinking about the message today. I wonder if there are things that you do in your own backyard. In the backyard of your life that you don't want anybody to know or see. If there are some things that you put back there that you don't want in the front yard for everybody else to see. But I wonder, this is what I wonder. I wonder if you've let somebody or something come in and spray something that you don't know what it is in your yard? Is there something that you spend time, is there something present in your life, in your backyard of your life, doing something that you don't exactly know what it is to, what it is doing? And what does it look like today if we say, if we say we don't want that kind of stuff in my backyard, if we're really clear about what we don't want in our backyard, we can be really clear and powerful with what we want to say yes to in our backyard. I, um, I, I don't know if you all know this, but sometimes we don't even know the problem, right? We're like, things in our lives just isn't right. And when we take a step back and look, and I'm asking you to do that this morning, 
What does it look like to take a step back and think about the things that are in your backyard? What is it that you spend your time doing? What is it you're watching on TV or on your computer? Who is it you're calling or texting? What is it that you're eating or drinking or smoking? What are those things in your life happening in your backyard that, that maybe somebody else wouldn't even touch with a hazmat suit on you? What are those things in your backyard? And if we can say no to that, it means our kids are playing in a healthier backyard. It means our dog is picking up a ball without worrying about it, the chemical. It means our chickens are eating healthy food. It means our gardens are growing and flourishing grounds. What is happening in your backyard? What can you say no to in your backyard so you can say yes to the things that matter? So I, I spent some time, we've, we've been in Romans chapter 12 this, uh, this month, and a guy wrote Romans, his name is Paul. Uh, Paul never met Jesus. He never met uh, Jesus personally. He hung out with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're four guys who hung out with Jesus, wrote about him, taught about him, said, told us um, all kinds of things about him. But, but uh, Paul never met Jesus before he was risen from the dead. Before he was crucified and rose again, Paul never met him. Paul only knew the risen Christ. Okay? He only knew the risen Christ, and he gave his entire life to making sure that people in his, in his backyard knew about the power of this God who, who could take the problems that are happening in our backyard, who could help us be real with them, and then could offer solutions to that problem so that the things that are growing and happening in our backyard can help us all to flourish. Paul encountered the risen Christ. He was literally killing people who followed Jesus. And his entire life was changed and transformed by the risen Christ. And he wants that for us today. He wants that for us today. But he says that first we have to understand the problem in our lives. This is how he explains his life before he met the resurrected Jesus. He says, I don't understand what I do. Anybody in here? Say, say this before. I understand. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I don't do. I'm supposed to eat healthy. I'm supposed to, you know, spend time with, with God every day. The things that I want to do, I don't do. But then listen. What I hate, I do. What I hate, I do. Anybody in here, anybody in here resonate with that this morning? I don't understand why I'm doing this. For I, 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 what I want to do, I, I just can't do. There's some power in my life that doesn't allow me to do that. But what I hate and know is not good for me, I keep doing that. I'm like, Paul, I hear you, man. I've, not, I've been off for a month, and this is what you're throwing at me, <laughs> right? Uh, let's, keep, let's keep reading it because he explains this problem. If you're thinking about your backyard and you're like, I don't exactly know what's going on. He says, if I do what I don't want to do, I agree that the law is good. Let's keep going. As it is, it's no longer I myself who do it, but it's sin living in me. He says there's some power in me that prevents me from doing what it is I want to do that is good and right. For I know that good itself doesn't dwell in me. That is, in my sinful nature. There's something about me pulling me to do these things I don't want to do. For I have this desire to do what is good, but I cannot 
carry it out. What is it that you want to be doing that you just can't do? For I don't do the good I want to do, but the evil I don't want to do. This thing I keep on doing. What's your thing? Be really honest. What is your thing this morning? Because I, I, I want to tell you, I want to tell you something. It doesn't have the power that you think it does. Okay? It does not have the power that you think it does. Paul explains a couple chapters before why it is we feel like this. Okay? He explains to us why it is we're dealing with this problem that we just can't seem to get over. And it's because we were born into sin. We inherited it. In Romans chapter 7, I'll turn over here. He, uh, he, uh, Romans chapter 5, sorry. He, uh, he says this, yes. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in his way death came to all people because all sinned. Let's go to the next. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. So what he's saying is Adam, Adam was the first person ever created, and through Adam, sin entered into our world. And then all of us were born into this sin. I'm going to tell y'all that I learned this in seminary. We were dealing with this in divinity school. And I was like, I am never teaching that in church. Like, we are not ever going to start a message there. And then here we are. And, yeah, God is, it's funny sometimes. But I'll tell you why I knew this. Because three years after I sat in that divinity school class, not knowing if, if it was real that we were, we were born into sin, I held my newborn baby that was placed in our family through adoption and I held him as he cried and as his little body shook because there were things that happened to him before he was even born that he had no control over. There was a brokenness that he encountered in his life before he ever came in to the world. And I remember holding his tiny precious body and wanting more for him than that, wanting a life that I knew he deserved, and I held him as his little body trembled from time to time, as he, he screamed sometimes. I held him, and I knew, I knew that sin had entered the world, that we live in a broken and sinful world. Me, I'm here. Mother Teresa, she was born into this world. Martin Luther King, he was born into this world. Jim Keller, one of the greatest pastors and, and leaders in New York City, he was born into this world. You and me, Abby and Chris, Shannon, my kids, right? We were born into this world where sin has some power that holds on to us. And I need you to hear me, okay? This is not... Did you hear that on the heels of sin is always death, right? Y'all know this. Y'all know this. Because even if you've not experienced like full on death, you know that sometime in your life you've done something wrong and it's killed something really good in your life. It's killed a dream, a relationship. You know other people who this has happened to. On the heels of sin is always death. And Paul, Paul meant the risen Christ where death had no power. Death had no power. He says, not in my backyard. Jesus says, not in my backyard. Death doesn't have the power. Life is what has the power. 
Life is what has the power. But can I tell you something? We're just like these golf balls. We are just like these golf balls. We cannot get from sin to life by ourselves. We're stuck there. And Paul knew this. Okay? Paul knew this and he said this. You are stuck in this power of sin and you can't get from here to there by yourself. Try as you might. Some of you in this room who are in recovery, you're like, I know that. I only got to a new place, a new life because of, of the grace of Jesus. And I want y'all to know God, through Jesus, gives us grace. And I want you to see what I got it's got to be plugged in right. So y'all got to get closer to the source of power. <laughs> Sometimes I'm telling you we're all closer to the source of power. But through Jesus, grace is available. And I want you to see what's more powerful than sin. You can't get there by yourself. Every single one of us.
then prophesy. My son thinks he has it right now. In accordance with it's okay, I love it. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. We don't get to just hang out in this life. What gift and goodness has God rescued you from this life so that you may offer it to the world? We don't get to just sit around in this life. Go out. Sorry. <laughs> She's used to me. She works with me. Go out in the world and offer this new life and this new good news. What I what I need to tell y'all is that we were in this, this makeshift NICU room when we went um, went for to pick up David for his stuff. <laughs> all like, it's this you know, makeshift room, and there's not walls in this NICU. There's just like these curtains or whatever. And there was this one baby who was born really early. She weighed like four pounds. And this nurse came in, and she was a, a, a bigger woman with bright red hair and short. And, and she just held this baby the whole time she was there. She worked 12-hour shifts. And Chris and I would sit there, and we'd, you know, switch David back and forth. or just hold him when he was a little baby. And there's this nurse, and she's holding this teeny tiny baby in one arm. And everything she did, she just held the baby, and she talked non-stop to this baby for 12 hours. We just heard, I knew everything about this woman. She told this baby everything. Because when she put her down, or when she stopped talking, the baby would just start screaming and crying. Because this baby was born premature because of things and decisions that, that her mom had made, her birth mom had made. And her birth mom had left the hospital, and the baby had, had been placed in foster care, but had not yet been placed with any parents. And so this nurse was all this baby had. And she would just walk all through the NICU. She'd do stuff with David with one hand. She'd tell us what to do. She'd just talk to this baby. And after, like, day number two of that, I was like, why are you talking to that baby <laughs> so much? You know, because it was driving me crazy and making me kind of, you know, batty. And, and this woman's holding this baby, and she touches the cross hanging on her neck. And she said, this baby was born into a life she did not deserve. It's a life that has power over her. Erica, she's holding on to that cross around her neck. And she said, but I know. I know how this story is going to end. Grace will end. <coughs> Grace will win. When we believe that, little babies that need to know about the light and love of Jesus, grace wins. When we believe that, the way we do our job changes because we know that grace wins. We've been rescued from this life for a reason. We start to parent different, be married different, have friends different, live different because we know this doesn't have the power anymore. We know the risen Christ who says grace wins and it changes everything. Brothers and sisters, you have been freed for a life to shine light and ignite change in a world desperate for it. Go forth and do it. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for each and every person in this room. I thank you for, for the, the ways you rescued us all from sin and the powers and forces of darkness, God. And I thank you for delivering us to new life. 
I pray this morning, God, that the people here will be really, really clear about the gifts that you have given to them. And I pray, God, they'll use it in mighty ways to shine your light and ignite your change. God, we can't wait to keep worshiping you who offers a new and different way to live in our backyard and